It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome back, everyone, to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. I'm Jay King. My normal host, John Corrales, couldn't be here. So we've got a new guest today. Brian Robb of Celtics Hub Fame, 98.5 The Sports Hub Fame, a lot of other websites. He's one of the hardest working guys around. We're going to be chatting Summer League Hoops, Terry Rozier, Gershon, Yabusele, James Young. We are going to be talking about a certain superstar who might hit the market now that his even better teammate just left for the Golden State Warriors. We're going to be answering some questions. Should be a fun episode. But first of all, thank you, Brian, for coming on. Appreciate it, my man. Jay, it's a privilege to be on here. This is, uh, you guys are, have turned this podcast into uh, the newest wave in Celtic Floor right now. So it's a privilege to be a part of it. We are the newest wave. Everyone, you heard it from Brian Robb. R.I.P. Rob. First of all, you you were you were taking some great footage tonight from court. <laughs> Solid camera work there, but I, I thought that the biggest takeaway from tonight's game was the continued evolution of Terry Rozier. What have you thought about his game over the over the first two outings of summer league? Yeah, he's definitely he looks a cut above the competition so far, Jay, and that's something again. You, you kind of saw that with Marcus Smart last summer when he was healthy, and Drozier obviously didn't really play a ton last year, but kind of came on at the end of the regular season to the point where you know Brad Stevens was trusting him in the playoffs over guys like R.J. Hunter and James Young. So you move into this offseason, Evan Turner's gone, there's obviously a void in the bench unit, and through two games right now, Rozier kind of looks like a guy ready to step in and take on that ball handling responsibility. He's been really solid creating off the dribble. You know, his defense has always been solid, obviously, but he's creating for himself. He's creating for others. And he just seems to be a lot more under control now. I don't know what you've seen him, Jay, but it just seems like, you know, last year you kind of run around with his head cut off at times, it seemed like. But now he seems to be more in control and just orchestrating things offensively pretty well. Yeah, it seems like he's a lot better at finding his spots. Like, he's always been really quick. He's always been explosive. But he was kind of passive at times, I thought, as a rookie. And during these last two games, he's noticed where he can take advantage of his speed and his athleticism and and getting to the rim. And I I thought, especially down the last two minutes, he was just making play after play and getting getting into the paint whenever he wanted. I I thought that was huge because... They're going to need somebody like that with with Evan Turner gone. It's obvious that they're going to need another playmaker. Uh, somebody who, who may not be on the Celtics next season is Gershon Yabusele. He didn't show much in game one, but game two, much, much better showing from him. Yeah, no, it's funny. We were talking to Mike Shrewsbury after the game just about how, you know, 
his bounce back performance and whether it was a kind of a focus for them to get the ball to Yabusule tonight after a tough game one. And they, he and, and, and coach was like, yeah, you know what? I, I read Twitter too. And I saw, you know, people were kind of ragging on him, but it was kind of our fault since we, were, we weren't really giving the ball to him in a good spot. But like you said, he kind of tonight, he just looked more comfortable. He had a tough matchup, obviously, against a, a pretty big front line that Utah had. But, you know, he held his own in the class, had a couple of nice finishes around the basket. And he actually, I think, he had a couple of good defensive sequences, too, where he got up for a couple of blocks. And that's, that's a part of his game that obviously is going to need some work. Um, and he'll probably get it overseas for the next couple of years. But um, they've talked about, you know, Stevens and Ainge. It's pretty clear they kind of built this summer league around Jordan Mickey. And then, yeah, obviously, was kind of going to be a backup guy at, at the center or at the core power forward spot. So the fact he's had to play the big man position is tough when he's, you know, only 6'8 and he's going to guard guys with, you know, four or five inches on him. But he showed, he showed some promising signs tonight, and that was, you know, some growth after a tough game one, I would think. Were those your tweets that Micah was reading? Yeah, I was going to say, who, <laughs> who do you think Micah falls? Like, because... I would guess, you know, maybe you, you know, probably Jeff Clark, I would think, at Celtics blog, Forsberg, you know, there's there's a lot of Celtics Twitter out there right now, so it's, we're going to have to, we're going to have to ask him next about who he's, who he's following on that list. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, people were definitely not bashing him after game one, because n- nobody wants to, to bash a, a French rookie who's playing in the United States against NBA competition for the first time. Right. He didn't really show much. <laughs> no. And then he was the dancing bear. And <laughs> he, he was right. the dancing bear again. And he, he kind of showed off that fun game. Kind of, kind of Glenn Davis-y almost. Yeah, he definitely has that build. And he does have, looks like a little bit more ups. But, yeah, every, like you said, I think everyone was, again, he got the great nickname, the, the dancing bear, and everyone was ready to hop on that train. And he didn't really give anyone there wasn't really anything to hop on except disappointment after game one, but now, now he might have something here, so that's, that's encouraging. We're all on the dancing bear train. Now we're on the dancing bear train, exactly. Things are, things are looking up. <laughs> we're also on the James Young train, again. Oof. Didn't expect to be on that train, Jay. Didn't expect to be on this train, but kinda, it's kind of warming up a little bit. Yep, four three-pointers for the lefty. Uh, he had a, a few nice defensive possessions. He Right. I don't know. He, he's he got to knock down shots like that, I think, to be an effective NBA player. But if he can do that, then who knows? You know? Who knows? No, it's – and you made a good point, too, I saw on Twitter tonight just talking about his his on-ball defense and his ability to kind of guard down. Um, I believe it was you and um, Danger Card going back and forth on that one. But it was – that's something, again, that, you know, he really – Defense has obviously never been his strength, but showing just signs of progress there, just to, if he can be competent there, then that's something, again, okay, at least, you know, Stevens can count on him for the, on him to be on the floor for stretches on that front. You mentioned the Golden State Warriors game at the barn where he had to come in late game and he had a couple good sequences on Curry. Now, obviously, far different piece of the pie here, but the bottom line is the Celtics, need shooters next year and he's still 20 is he 21 or 20 right now 21 i believe he's still 20 right 
Yeah, still 20. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's still 20. Yeah, so, so, and he's making nothing. So if he shows, you know, any kind of promise right now, maybe he won't be on the team next year, but, you know, maybe the Southerners can get something for him in a trade if they decide they're going to, you know, they have better options there. But, you know, it's just one game. But, again, this was, this might have been his best game in, like, summer league history over three years. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in year three, but it's uh, something at this point. In his fairness, he had whiplash the first year and didn't. Right. So. Right. Is, so exactly. This is, still, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Summer league. We'll give, give him a little break there. Uh, who, who's right. the other guy that has impressed you most uh, on the roster? You know, I liked, um, I've liked when I've seen that Ben Till. Um, just as, I think he's a guy who can just, you know, kind of give you a quick boost off the bench. Uh, someone like a, a Leon Poe did back in the day in terms of, you know, he has, the, and obviously Leon Poe didn't have three-point range like Bento does, but he just seems to, you know, have a, a pretty good jump shot. He can obviously have str- take strong finishes of the hoop, as we saw off that dunk tonight. And, you know, he's going to be a work in progress defensively. That's where he's really vulnerable and with his size, and he had, you know, four fouls tonight and just 15 minutes of action. So that's going to be a question mark, but it's going to be really tough for him to make this roster, but I'm curious to see. I'd imagine some NBA team would want him next year, so I'll be curious to see if he kind of is okay with playing in Europe for a year and getting seasoned, or if he wants to get into the NBA somewhere and kind of force the Celtics' hand and to give him a tender, um, tender and offer, I should say. But he's someone that, you know, depending on what happens with the rest of the bigs on the roster and Solinger and Zeller and so forth, I could see him being a, a last big on the bench potentially what do you what do you think of him yeah i i i really like his offensive skill set you know he's six nine he can shoot he had that awesome dunk like he does a lot of neat things offensively and, and you can use him in a lot of different ways uh i i don't know about his defense he he's looked over yeah. post a few times and obviously he's gonna have to guard four he's gonna have to guard five at the nba level so that's a concern right now, but yeah, I mean, he definitely has potential, and you can see the potential there. And depending on how the rest of the roster shakes out, there's still a lot of uncertainty with Stellinger, Zeller, whatever else will happen in the front court. I mean, we still haven't heard news on Amir Johnson and Jonas Jarebko, although I assume they'll their options they'll both be guaranteed. And then Kelly Olynyk, you know, he's 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 coming off shoulder surgery, so the front court is is there's a lot of minutes up for grabs there right now. and You know, it, it'll give opportunities to someone like Jordan Mickey, and, and who knows, you know, depending on what else happens, maybe Bentel will have an opportunity. Uh, we, we've got some, some questions for you, B-Rob, from, from some nice. of these listeners. Um, th- this is one that you might hear a lot over the next year or so. It, it ha- happens to pertain to a certain player, who played for Brad Stevens in college and will could be a free agent, will almost certainly be a free agent next summer. This is from... At is it Mac? Mac? It's got to be Mac, right? At Ev Man. Yeah, Shelvin Mac questions everywhere. Shelvin, uh, Shelvin Mac, right? Come on. <laughs> at Ev Man, what do you guys think the percentage is of Hayward wearing a Celtics uniform in the next 365 days? It's a great question, Jay, uh, by our guy there. And I think the problem for the Celtics is going to be 
you know, the Jazz, they're putting something together out west. And so they might have a really good season right now. And if they, you know, get a couple rounds deep in the playoffs, obviously I would expect them to, you know, roll up the, the Brinks trunk for Hayward when he hits free agency. You know, they, they have, they're not uh, obviously a destination place and they got to keep their own guys. But, um, yeah, but at the same time, you know, there's no question about that connection there, and there's clearly going to be a need for a scorer at the wing. So it's something that's probably what the thing they need most right now, a shooter at that spot. And I think it's going to depend. I don't expect Utah to be looking to trade him at all, so it's just going to, you know, if Hayward decides, hey, I don't want to spend the next four or five years in Utah, he obviously was looking to leave there once when he signed with Charlotte when he was a restricted free agent, but... It's out of out of guys that are could be potential free agents next summer. I think he'd be one of the more more legitimate ones on the list, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it, I mean, you hear speculation about it just because of the Steven stuff, and obviously, who'd fit perfectly. Um, but yeah, there, there's a thing like the Jazz have quietly put together just a really good roster. They have a lot of young pieces. They they added Joe Johnson. They just added Boris Diaw. Like. That's going to be a good, deep team. Who else do they have? George Hill? Like, yeah, George cool. Hill. And then Dante and Exum's coming back, too, from his ACL, too. Yeah, they, they could low-key be like a top three or four seed in the West. And and they're a lot of fun. So, yeah, he could have a tough time leaving them, even even if he wants to rekindle things with Stevens. Like, there's a really good thing going on in Utah. Did you see him at the game tonight? I saw him on the big screen. Didn't Oh. And Brad was Brad was also in attendance. Didn't didn't see them schmoozing at all. But um, they did chat. I'm sure they. I, I, I saw I, it on TV. They. Oh, you did see it. All right, there you they go. Shared a conversation. They met up. Gordon Hayward is, is soon to have a child, apparently, and they probably oh. chatted about that. He he said nice things about Brad Stevens, which is not altogether surprising. But. <laughs> but yeah. He would have to And then leave. Brad offered him a max contract for next year. No, that probably <laughs> didn't happen, but <laughs> tampering, tampering. Tampering? Nah, no. Brad wouldn't do that. Brad doesn't go against the rules. He's that's one guy who would never tamper. Yeah, everyone else will tamper, but I don't think you'll get Brad Stevens doing it. Right. Uh one other question. We've got this from Kungu a lot of use there. A lot of use there, Kungu. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> C's current <laughs> roster looks like it needs rebounding. Would you sign Festus Azili? Uh you know, this is a really tough question about the front court right now, just and I think it, I think you look back to and this is kind of leads us to the Jared Solinger question. Because he was, uh, he's a he's a top fifteen rebounder in the NBA last year, and the Celtics beyond him really don't have any good rebounders on the roster. Um, at least big man rebounds. They've got good guard rebounders, but not uh, not in the big grand. So if you lose Solinger, you definitely have to get a guy to help out in that department because Horford, he's okay on the offensive boards, but he's he's kind of regressing. On a defensive glass, so my I would say if you let Solinger go, um, I want to remember. I don't think I want to invest big in Azili though. When you have Horford and Johnson already on the roster, Azili doesn't really have range. I know he's got a kind of a dicey injury history, 
and he's probably going to tie up too much money going into next offseason when you want to have that money available. So I'm, I'm, I'm a no on him. What do you think? He's got the same hands as, as the desk I'm sitting at right now. No. <laughs> I, I actually I, I actually like his game, but, but man, that dude cannot catch. Uh, I'm, I'm out on Azili too just because cap space is important. Keeping cap flexibility right. into the future really important. Next year's free agent class is stacked. Celtics have already proven they can get the ear of top free agents. They signed Horford. They were in the mix for Durant. Like, keep that cap flexibility. Go after a game changer next year if you can't get one before then. And even if you can get one before then, go after another one. So, yeah, I, I'm out on Azili and any, like, good players. <laughs> it, it sounds yeah, you're like, out of- <laughs> I'm, I'm out on so are you, good players. Like, are you in on Solinger, though? Are you in on Solinger? On a one-year deal. Are you in on Solinger on a one-year deal? Yeah, I mean, it probably doesn't matter. Even if it's a one-year max, I would probably do it just because why not? What's the point of yeah. not doing that? Uh, but, yeah, once you, once you get beyond one year, then it better be a good value that you can move if you want to make other other signings next year because you don't want to sign, have a Solinger or Zeller signing be the thing that keeps you from going after, you know, Blake Griffin next season or Russell Westbrook next season. <laughs> you definitely don't want that. So, yeah, I- I'm out on all good players for that reason. <laughs> all good players. I- I- I'm in on bad players that-, that will be super cheap and one year. Out on out on all good players. That's it. I'm tweeting this out right now. Jay King, out on all good players for the Celtics. Hey, this is going to be – this could catch fire here. Hold on. But, no, it's going to be – and I would, would – and to that point, you know, the Celtics were kind of already prepared for this last game. I would expect more of a whole Jonas Jurebko, Mir Johnson type deal where you have the two-year deal with the overpay in the first year, even which, which wasn't even end up being much of an overpay for either of those guys. But you have the non-guaranteed money in year two that the, the Celtics can end up holding on to if it ends up being a successful season or can just – kind of the beginning of free agency, but the way they navigated that with the dates and stuff, I think is a really interesting way to go about it. And who knows, it might like kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if other teams start copying that to give them more flexibility and during the start of free agency. Yeah. That those were two really good signings because first of all, they were good value at the money. And second of all, they allowed the Celtics to do go after top guys this summer and not have to make any moves to do it. So, really good signings. I, I, I expect both those guys to be back. And, and again, yeah, you know, if, if they don't keep Sullinger and Zeller, they'll still have some cap space left. About 11 or $12 million, I think, is the number. So, they could still go after. I mean, obviously, they need shooting still. But who knows? I mean, you, you might be better off just giving those minutes to Jalen Brown, giving those minutes to Terry Rozier. Let, let those guys develop. R.J. Hunter, you know, like. I, again, I, I'm out on good players. Man. <laughs> <laughs> a, a rebounder would be nice. A shooter would be nice. One-year deals, keep the cap flexibility, chase after all the top guys next year, and have the the top five draft pick or whatever it is from Brooklyn. That sounds like a great plan to me. So you're not in on trading for Russell Westbrook on an expiring contract? 
Or... That that's that's a good one. Uh I mean it depends what you have to give up and it depends what you're hearing about what he's going to do next year. If 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 you're pretty comfortable he's gonna commit, that might be a risk you have to take because that guy's a he's a franchise changer. Like I don't always love playing him watching him play basketball because he does a lot of wild, wild things. But I mean, there's no denying that that he is a dynamite basketball player, and he would—he's the type of guy who can really lift the franchise. And I, I assume after Kevin Durant left him, he will be on one one crazy bin for, 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 for the next season or two. So yeah, I mean, it, it would definitely be risky. And, and Danny Ainge, one thing he's done has has been to avoid risk. When's the right. last time he took he made a bad trade? You know, I I can't remember the last bad trade. Yeah, I mean he hasn't swung and missed. I would say during the rebuilding era on something on a major deal, obviously. Um, you know he's missed on some draft picks, but as far as when it comes to trades, he's missed on free agents, obviously too here and there. But but like you said, that it becomes easier when you're making you know, deals for the future and deals where you're just kind of taking advantage of teams that are looking to win now. Now comes the tricky part when you got to make the big move. And the question is for a guy like Westbrook, I'm I'm out on him just because I don't think you're going to get the assurances from him long-term to stay in Boston. Yeah. And then too, like, I mean, he's good too, but then you, I mean, your backcourt is your strength. So obviously, he's, you know, he's obviously no question he's an upgrade from like Isaiah, but you know, are you going to get good value for Isaiah if you move him? I can't obviously see him and Isaiah coexisting. So, I mean, this is, you know, if you, if you get Westbrook and you can sign them long-term, then you deal with it. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I'm really interested to see, though, how the rest of the league reacts to the Warriors. I, mm-hmm. I talked to some, some people inside the league, and one of them texted me, the smart teams will start tanking for 2020. 2020, right? right? Like, just concede the next four championships. Forget about them. <laughs> the Warriors are number one. Everyone else is fighting for second. And smart teams will start tanking. So that could actually benefit the Celtics if, if they're aggressive because they have the assets. And, like, as we said, if Blake Griffin hits the market because the Clippers have no shot, who knows? If Russell Westbrook hits the market because... Durant left and they have no prayer of contending even if they add another top guy you know that could really impact the league I think if, if teams look at the Warriors and are like we're not beating those freaking guys anyway yeah it is it is going to be fascinating for that reason like you said and the Celtics are really in an interesting spot I feel like for these next couple of years because you know you obviously you still have the youth in place but you signed Horford and that's a win-now guy because he's 30. And you got him for three years here at least, maybe four, depending on the player option. And you have all these other players on your roster with great contracts right now, and Avery and Crowder and Isaiah, and obviously Marcus and those guys on the rookie deals. So you're in a position of strength with your assets to kind of make a big move here. But will the Celtics kind of look at the situation and be like, hey, what do we – even if we make – become a contender here are we really contenders against the Warriors so should we just wait this out 
just let everyone to keep developing and use our picks uh, on studs in the next couple of years from Brooklyn and just see hopefully we turn into the team in 2019 and 2020. But at the same time, Jay, I don't know what you think on this, but like, I feel like that's a risk too because by the time that time comes around, then you're going to have to start paying all these guys that you have on great deals like Isaiah and Bradley and stuff, and that will obviously eat up some of your cap space. So it's, it's going to be an interesting choice for them to make on either of those fronts. Yeah, there's a lot of team-building decisions that will happen because the Warriors are just so damn good. All right, we got to let you go. we got to let you go take some jumpers in, in Salt Lake City. Uh, I, I know I know Himmelsbach and Forsberg are waiting for you. They want they they want to play maybe twenty one, maybe some horse. Who knows? Um, this question comes from at Celtics and Chill, who claims on Twitter that his name is Bay Crowder. I suspect that's probably not his given name. Mm-hmm. Do you trust Brown, Smart, and Rozier to fill the vacant the vacant Evan Turner role, or do you hope for another move? Before summer league, I would have said no, but so far, if Rozier keeps this up, then I am going to trust him because it's not going to. The Celtics don't need another shooter, but I think Rozier can give you some of the the playmaking ability that Turner, you know, was gave the second unit so much of, and you know he doesn't have the size to give them the defensive versatility, but at the same time, you know. We've kind of seen the playoffs a couple of years now, and they've had obviously tough matchups against Cleveland, and then last playoffs against Atlanta with Bradley being out. There's a lot of onus on Turner there too, but he kind of when the defenses get tougher, his his efficiency goes down a lot too. So, you know, I'm glad he got paid. He deserved to get paid, but he's you know, bottom line is that he is a he is a replaceable player. Yeah, and. And who knows, you know, maybe Smart will take on some of those playmaking responsibilities. Maybe Rozier, you know, will be capable like he's shown in Summer League. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, B-Rob. The legend, Brian Robb, getting that camera work in there in in Salt Lake City. Uh, I I expect the same from you in Vegas, Jay. I expect the same from you in Vegas. (laughs) I'll be out there getting that Mass Live video, man. Everybody, take, make sure you make sure you subscribe on iTunes, on Audio Boom, whatever, to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. My my, my co-host John Corrales couldn't make it tonight, but but B Rob filled in very nicely. Uh, we appreciate it, man. And yeah, take care of yourself in Salt Lake City. I, I I've always admired your work ethic and all your work, man. You really do some some really good stuff, and and it's been fun to watch you grow over the years. So. Thanks for coming on. Uh, good night for from the Locked On Celtics podcast. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.